Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Paso Paso Podcast. My name is Miles Bonnie. Always happy to be here with you. And on this episode, we still have found yet another key important person in the state and locally who we have not interviewed yet on this series. And we're so happy that she can finally join us here. Uh, Badgie, thanks for joining us. And would you like to introduce yourself? Oh, great, Miles. Thank you so much. Um, thank you for this opportunity to uh, talk with you and to talk with people in Taos um, about early childhood and about ensuring how to ensure that children and families in Taos have the services and education they need. Um, I have worked in um, early childhood for more than 40 years professionally. And uh, right now I have my own small consulting business called Excellence and Equity in Early Childhood Education, and I do educational and advocacy consulting. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, And I met you through PASO and your support of PASO, um, but I, I... have become aware of the extent to which you have been involved in this field for many years and in many capacities and and continue to do so. Um, What are, or how did your interest in early childhood education get started initially? Oh, great. Um, So as I look back uh, through my life and now over more than three quarters of a century, I see that um, my life has, I I really see clearly that my life has been committed to excellence and equity in early childhood uh, education ever since I was a little child. And and now that's the name of the small business I run. And um, so when I was five, I got a baby brother and I loved taking care of him. And, um, you know, playing with him and uh, eventually learning how to change diapers and things like that. And, um, and I really enjoyed that work and, uh, or that play. And then when I was 12, I got another baby brother and I uh, had the opportunity to do that all again. And, I, um, and then I did babysitting in the neighborhood and... Um, so, so early childhood was there right from the very beginning. And, um, and another thing going on in my family, even though, um, I was an active child and happy in a lot of ways, I also had a hard time in my family, uh, finding my voice. And, uh, there were people in my family, my father, my mother, my older sister, um, who were all talking a lot (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I, um, I had a hard time getting my, um, uh, my voice in there, and it was um, a challenging situation for me at various times in my life, and I've had to work on it a lot. And now um, I, I do find it m- much easier to talk and um, assert myself in situations that I want to, and um, that experience, I think, has given me the perspective and motivation and desire that everybody have the opportunity to express their voices. And especially that all children have that opportunity to find their voice and, um, and be in conditions where they can reach their highest potential. So that has... Um, um, that's you know, equity along with early childhood education has been with me 
since the very beginning. Yeah, that's a fascinating story and not one I've heard before from you. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, yeah, yeah. And it seems like the work you've been doing in the field has been very broad. Um, you know, what are some of the major influences in your life in shaping your work in uh, early childhood education here? Um, and, and just real quickly, you're, you're currently obviously in New mm-hmm. Mexico. Have you done this work in other states as well, or, or did this really start for you in, in New Mexico? No, I started, I, I worked in other uh, states, primarily Massachusetts. I lived in Massachusetts, uh, and that's where I started working professionally in early childhood education. Wow. Um, and then I also did some traveling to other countries and other places, uh, and I, I, that has um, been a real influence in, uh, in, in, in where I am now. So um, uh, I've been in New Mexico now for 27 years. That's pretty amazing to me when I look back on that. And uh, I moved here from Massachusetts in 1995. Great. Yeah, and what are some of those major influences with respect to shaping your work? Actually, there are two key experiences, kind of two turning points in my life. Mm. Um, And these were opportunities I had to spend um, two years, um, one one year in the early 80s and another year, 89-90, in Italy. And um, during during that first visit, I bumped into and uh, discovered the city of Reggio Emilia and the um, amazing work that they are doing in early childhood education. I, um, so in 1982, I, was, I had worked uh, for more than a decade, maybe 15 years in early childhood education at that point. And um, I, I went to Italy to study early childhood education. And I heard about Reggio Emilia, and that was one of the first that they were innovators and creators in early childhood education. So that was the uh, one of the first cities in Italy that I went to to study uh, and look at early childhood education. And I called them up and uh, asked, said I was he- I was here in Italy, and uh, could I come visit the schools? And they said, sure, come on by. And that now has really changed because um, uh, so many people are interested in uh, Reggio Emilia, the early childhood programs there, that you have to um, plan for months ahead and be on a delegation uh, in a large group of people. Um, uh, but in any case, uh, that was in 1982, and they invited me. I went the, uh, in the next week or so, and um, I, what I saw was just um, expanded my mind and expanded my heart um, beyond what I had known was possible. Um, I saw children engaged in doing amazing projects and uh, um, uh, working together, sharing their ideas together, uh, connecting with each other, uh, expressing, trying out different things, expressing themselves in all different kinds of ways. And um, it was, I was uh, really uh, amazed. And I have, so since, um, since that time, the 80s, 80s, 90s, uh, that's, what is that, 40 years 
no, 30 years, I guess, um, of uh, me being um, inspired by the retro approach. And I, um, and I've gone back now to visit this. Uh, oh, let's see. So that the first my um, that first experience was in eighty two, eighty three when I first met the schools and began uh, learning about them. And then I came back to the United States and um, met a variety of uh, uh, other people who were interested in the retro approach and did what I could to implement some of the principles of the retro approach where I was working in Massachusetts. And I kept thinking about it, and I ended up then going back for another year, this time where I lived in Reggio Emilia, to study the schools. And um, so I was there in Reggio Emilia for that time was um, 89.90. And uh, so that was another key um, turning point and um, an amazing experience in my life. And I, I guess um, one of the, 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 the key principles of the Reggio approach that is most significant is the image of the child. That is foundational to their uh, educational approach. And what's amazing is that they can put it in practice. So the image of the strong, competent, powerful child. And in Reggio, they have taken it way beyond a slogan because it sounds kind of good, the image of a, uh, of a strong, competent child. And um, what they've done in the city of Reggio, Emilia, Italy, is figure out a way where this can be the foundation of schools across the city, schools um, uh, for three- to six-year-olds and schools for infants and toddlers. And um, so just understanding more and more how they do that, um, learning from their questions, coming back to the United States and uh, working on uh, putting these things into practice in ways that are relevant to, to um, New Mexico now. Um, that it's, it's not at all um, taking what they do in Reggio and, and trying to do that, but it's taking the principles, learning from them, and that image of the strong, competent child. Um, and um, the, one of the things, um, so, so the image of the strong, competent child can show up in a variety of ways. Um, for instance, um, a child with a disability, um, sometimes it's easy for adults to kind of uh, not see their capacity and focus on the, the, the defect or the disability or the challenging areas. And uh, Reggio educators call those children, those are children with special rights. They have the right to be seen for their competence, and they need teachers in their lives and parents in their lives who see their competence and build from their competence. And I've also seen this show up in um, teachers in the United States who can get kind of focused on all the things that a child doesn't know yet and get worried about that. Oh, this child doesn't know the letters. Oh, this child doesn't know this, that, and the other thing, and kind of focus on that and say, oh, these poor children, they're so far behind. (laughs) And, of course, children have no idea of what behind is. 
they learn that from adults. And really, that is um, not a helpful concept at all. The, and what Reggio educators do and what I am inspired to do in my work with children is that I choose to see all children as competent. And it's up to me to find their competence and bring it out and uh, help that child reach his or her full potential. Wonderfully said. Yeah, thank you. And I, I was going to ask about uh, more details on the Reggio Amelia, which is a you know, I uh, knowing less about it than you, I, I assumed it was a theory or something, but it, it is good to be reminded that it's actually also, it's a town <laughs> with with these things being implemented. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It is a town. A lot of education is named after the person, mm. like um, uh, Jean Piaget or uh, Vygotsky or John Dewey. And um, so uh, it's it's easy for people to think that Reggio Emilia is a person when they first hear about it. <laughs> yeah. But it's a city in central Italy, sort of halfway between Milan and Florence. And um, it's a beautiful city. And for a variety of reasons, they have um, um, developed this amazing system. And people now from all over the world go and visit it. So it's neat that it's named the Reggio Emilia Approach, coming from that city. And now when we do the work of Reggio-inspired programs in the United States, our work is finding a Taos approach to early childhood education or a New Mexico approach to early childhood education. And that grows out of the language and the cultures of the children and the families and the teachers who are part of that school. All right. Yeah, thank you, Badgie. And for the listeners out there, we're going to transition to a different microphone. Um, but it's a great point and a great direction to take this discussion at this point. You know, Reggio Emilia, the inspiration from your experience there, um, and also how important it is, as you just mentioned, to bring that uh, thought process and inspiration back uh, home, wherever people are, and in this case, Taos in New Mexico, and creating a new vision uh, that stems from and comes from here. Um, what are some of your thoughts on the opportunities that Taos in New Mexico has at this point, Baji? Oh yeah, that we have a lot. It's it's really uh, a wonderful period of time for early childhood with opportunities um, and of course challenges. Uh, one of the we have a new early childhood uh, department in the state, the Early Childhood Education and Care Department, which uh, it brings together. Um, formerly disparate sections of early childhood. So home visiting and early intervention and child care and pre-K are, are, are in one department. And that really uh, is, is wonderful. And um, the, uh, the opportunity that is um, active right now is a local early childhood systems building grant. And it is designed to support coalitions and networks like Paso a Paso. And um, there are, admit there's a network of, um, of coalitions across the um, state of New Mexico. And uh, there is now a grant opportunity for, um, for the networks uh, like Paso 
to apply for money to support the functioning of the network. And this is um, a, a wonderful opportunity to get um, a staff person to uh, help with the work of PASO, the work of um, uh, the, work, uh, the, the, the many organizations that work together uh, to promote the uh, uh, early childhood the benefits of early childhood education for the whole community in Taos, and um, so that and we have this opportunity to get a lot more uh, um, strength for that uh, for Paso and be able to do even uh, better work than we have done in the past. Um, and so that is going on right now. There, there's also a big emphasis in that to um, find ways to engage parents and uh, have the voice of parents from all the diverse parts of the community be uh, a major be major uh, a, sh- a shaper of early childhood in, um, in in this case in Taos. So that's in process now, and um, a group of, of people from Boston working on that grant. And, and then one more thing um, that's in the works is the Land Grant Permanent Fund, which is um, a large investment that New Mexico has in um in that right now the, that investment is going to support public schools and higher education and there was a um, uh, there will be a, a uh, initiative on the ballot in 2022 to um, have money from that uh, permanent fund go also to early childhood education and this is another opportunity to um, educate um, uh, all of us about the importance of early childhood and to, to um, have more funds for the, the, the powerful and, and uh, well-functioning of early childhood programs in, um, in the state and that includes of course uh, Taos. Yeah, there are a lot of opportunities, and I appreciate your consistent positivity in in the discuss in what you bring to the conversations you're a part of. And thanks so much once again for taking the time to um, be a guest on this podcast, and uh, more importantly for all the work you continue to do and have done for many years. Well, thank you, Miles. Um, thank you for your work of uh, making voices of early childhood visible to the community. Thank you. And thank you for this opportunity today. Wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, have a wonderful day. Thanks, you too. Paso a Paso. Podcast. <laughs>